Hello friends and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I'm your host Mark Heath. I'm back from my travels and I'm delighted to be joined by three of my fellow Kings for what's going to be a good podcast today I'm hoping. There's lots to discuss. We're going to get stuck bang in in a second. First of all I'm going to go to my fellow traveller. He's travelled around the world. I, 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 I. And I found my baby. Andy Hutch Warren. I can't remember if that's actually the lyrics Hutchie. But um, with it. while I was away you too were away. Um, slightly different locations. Um, Disneyland Paris, you were at. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I think travel, traveling around the world is is stretching it a bit, but a nice few hours on a train. Mm-hmm. Cuddled, cuddled Mickey Mouse, high fived Woody from Toy Story, came home again, and uh, got back into the football. So that's just my week. That's just what Li- I do. Living the dream. What was the best bit about Disneyland Paris? I'm sure a lot of people listen to this have been or, or want to go. What was your What was your best bit? Um, we had some very good seats for a performance of a uh, Lion King musical spectacular, which um, which was spectacular. It's like Cirque, Cirque du Soleil makes meets Disney. It was very good, tremendous. Lion King, criminally underrated. Circle of Life was it all that all that business? Yeah, I'll tell you what is underrated. Actually, I bet none of you have ever seen Lion King two. Have you? It wasn't where there was one. There is one. The film is dreadful, but the main piece of music, the theme, like the the title music from it, is really good. And that was in that was in the show. Um, check check it out. There you go, Stewie. Uh, have you ever been to Disneyland Paris? Is it on your list? Do you have a young daughter as well? Is it somewhere you want to go? Uh, no, I haven't been. Yes, I would like to go. Excellent. And how are you, my friend? I'm well. Super. Let's move on then to the prospect, the hairy one, the prodigy. The man who goes in zones he's not allowed to go into. As Mike Bacon would say. <laughs> he's putting pictures up. He's taking them down. He's making videos. He's going here. He's going there. He's going everywhere. Where is he? Well, who knows? Well, yes. Well, at Ross yeah. Media UK. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, yeah. Rossi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's um, good to have you back, Gaffer. Of course it is. You, you have to say that. Uh, Mike Bacon, clearly not around today. Um, I was met immediately upon return to, to Blighty with a with a pay demand from Mike. Apparently someone texted and said he should be on every show and he wants to double his appearance fee. So I said, jog on, Bacon, get back in your box um, and we'll, we'll get you when we need you. Well, then, boys, um, today is an auspicious day. Not only have I returned to the pod and not only is Hutchie back, but it's a year, friends, a year to the day since it all done changed. At Ipswich Town, the game literally changed as our American friends came in, bought the club of Marcus Evans, and things turned around in the blink of an eye. And it was very exciting. So I thought we'd start the show today by reflecting on what we've seen in the last year and also how we feel about the future. There's a, there's a kind of imperfect symmetry to it, isn't there? Because when they came in, we all assumed Town are going to hurtle into the playoffs under Paul Cook. Um, it didn't happen. They ended up finishing ninth, and now a year on. From said takeover, they're still in ninth place in League One. And from the outside looking in, you'd think, hmm, not a lot's changed there then. But Watto, everything has changed at Ipswich Town. Tell me all about it. How have you felt about this last year? It's been a roller coaster, that's for sure. It felt like we were stuck in purgatory with Ipswich Town for, for the best part of a decade, just, just flatlining the most boring football club in the country, arguably. And then the last 18 months to a year has just been everything going on, hasn't it? From the takeover to managerial changes, whole squads being torn up. 
So here we are still in ninth. Everything has changed. Some things are still the same, but um, yeah, it's optimism, I think, cautious optimism from me because I think I do, we do have to keep reminding ourselves that we've been here before with excitement and this is it. This is our time. This is our year. And big banners of Paul Lambert in the in the stands and um, Paul Kirk. We've been here before so many times. As I keep saying it, it does feel different this time. It does feel like there's more substance to it this time. But but let's. Uh, it's still, we're still on for another ninth place finish ultimately, aren't we? So um, work work to be done. But but correct that there's optimism. Looking yeah, ahead. we've gone early quite a few times on this pod, haven't we? Uh, I'm, I'm particularly guilty of that, getting way too overexcited. Actually, clearly, you never get excited, apart from unless you talk about kits, and we're going to do that in a minute. Um, but how do you reflect on, on this on this past year? Um, I, the thing I remember most about the, the David takeover is that I was off <laughs> and uh, and completely out of touch. Um, but what a day that was. How, In terms of how you felt on that day and how you feel now, have things changed a lot from that? I can't remember how I felt a year ago. <laughs> of course you can. Come on. I felt exactly the same because I'm never up. I'm never <laughs> down. I felt exactly like this. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it'd been at that point, it'd been been coming for a few weeks, hadn't it? We've been talking about um, the characters of Brett Johnson, Burkhead Bakai, Mark Detmer for a few weeks leading up to it. And then when it ultimately happened, um, it felt, it just felt fresh, didn't it? And it, and it still feels fresh now. It's like mm. if you look through kind of everything that's happened around the club over the last twelve months, and there's there's a real freshness to it. There's there's a, there's a real there's really a lot to like about what the ownership have done in terms of delivering what they said they would off the pitch. Um, the big thing, as as you you guys have just said, is is on the pitch and and that is something they still need to get right. Um, they're now lower in the table than they were on the day of the takeover. They were three points off the playoffs in eighth. So to say they've gone backwards wouldn't be correct um, mm. because we're, we're kind of in a bit of a forward momentum with Kieran McKenna. But the big the big piece they have to get right is, is first of all, getting town out of League One and into the Championship. They've not done that yet. There's reasons to believe they're on the road to being able to do it, but that everything else, everything off the pitch is that what what's not to like is especially in the studio uses quite a lot, quite a lot. What what's not to like? The the club's really engaging with its supporters. Um, Portman Road looks fresher. Um, money's being spent on on infrastructure, staffing. Um, all the structure that Paul Paul Lambert talked about is beginning to come together. I'd like to know if he thinks that. Whether what they're doing is right. Is this the structure Paul Lambert wanted? Who knows? We'll probably never know the answer to that. Attendances are brilliant. The, the last attendance under Marcus Evans, literally nobody turned up in the stands. Nobody was there. <laughs> and, now, and now, and now we're now we're now we're now we're looking at like twenty, twenty, twenty-one thousand. I think the average crowd is, which is yeah. which is really good. So, um, yeah, what's not what's not to like? They've they've got. A really big piece of it to get right still though. Took me a while there to catch up with that joke, Hutchie. But do you I, see what I did? I got, I got there. COVID. In the end. I got yeah. there in the end. Yeah, I liked it. Um Roscoe, fellow entertainer. Um what what have you made of this this past year? You've you've kind of more in touch with the fans than anyone because you spend a lot of time with them for game day. Um 
when this all happened, it was tremendously exciting, wasn't it? Um, and yes, we're not where we thought we'd be this time last year. I think it's probably fair to say. But there's still a lot of excitement out there, isn't there? Yeah, I'm going to bring my normal cliche or buzzing, buzzing boy. Everyone's buzzing all the time. When when the Americans came in, USA, USA, all the flags were out. <clears throat> um, and, you know, what Stu said, it has been a roller coaster. It's been many ups, downs, and everything in between, all that jazz. Little, little <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, basically that was basically your uh, your your pod intro there you've done. Yeah, I thought little little throwback for for the listeners if you remember that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it has been a roller coaster. Like on the pitch, it's not been too great. You know, we had a you know a, we well finished last season in League One, finishing ninth, and that sort of was disappointing. Then we thought, okay, in here come the summer, nineteen new signings, twenty out. Here we go. Then we know what happened start of the season, and then Paul Cook went and all that sort of stuff, but. As it all changed, and it is as Stu said, we have been one of the most boring clubs in the EFL for a very long time. But thankfully, mm. this new ownership, a lot has changed, and it's been exciting. Um, off the pitch, as Andy said, just the structure, everything that Portland Road looks lovely again, you know, outside, inside. Um, but there's so many other plans coming. I can't wait to see these dugouts, by the way. I'm hoping we're going to sit in them at some point when they are, when they are built, us sitting there and just go, Yeah, these are nice. So yeah, you'll, it's, it's you'll just invite yourself anyway, won't you, Roscoe? You do yeah, what you want. Pretty much. Move over, Kieran. Roscoe's coming to sit down. Um, Stewie, I'm going to throw this to you now. I, I didn't pre-warn you about this, so you have to think on your feet, which I know you love. Um, give me give me one thing, the one thing you've liked most about this past year and one thing that's been slightly disappointing from your point of view. Um the openness and the transparency of the owners making everyone feel like they're part of it. I think that was a, that can't be underestimated how much that fed into the, the growing apathy. Yes. It ultimately it all comes back to what happens during those 90 minutes on, on the football pitch, but you buy yourself a lot of goodwill by making the fans feel part of the ride. And, and that was a real reminder to me last week with the fans forum that are becoming regular things and mm. you know today we've even had sort of videos from Brett Johnson statement from uh, Michael O'Leary that part of it which has now gone to another level with Kieran McKenna who is um, a fantastic communicator as well that that is the the bit that I think uh, I've, has been my main takeaway of the last 12 months of this new ownership but yeah their uh, their communication and their their transparency it's crazy, isn't it, to think that we had all those years of Marcus Evans being a kind of shadowy figure that we very rarely saw and heard from even less. Uh, and now we've got the owners or one of the owners um, recording a video saying up the town and come on you blues, which is wonderfully cheesy um, and, and fantastic and shows that, you know, he's, he's properly connected and cares. Hutchie, does it feel like a lot has changed to you a year on? Has the whole experience of being involved with Ipswich Town and covering the games and the general kind of feeling around them. I know it's hard to c- compare because clearly when Evans left, no one was at the games and it was a very strange time, but does it feel like a lot has changed? Honestly, not away from kind of like the feel good factor and stuff covering the games. I'd say, I'd say no, but yeah. but in terms of in it, 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 you do get the feel that there's just a firm hand on the, on the tiller. Of, of the club in kind of our interactions with with the club there's 
Uh, and we're, we're talking about Mark Ashton here, aren't we, in, in terms mm. of sort of heading it up on a day-to-day basis. It, you do just get the feel that there, there's an element of control, um, which sometimes you felt wasn't there previ- previously. Um, and, and, and direction as well. It, mm. You can see what they want to do, whereas I, I guess in the, the final years under under Evans, it, it, it kind of felt like, everything had to kind of come together in some kind of like reaction, like chemical reaction that it all had to click and just work. Whereas now it feels structured, pointed and, and planned mm. uh, to me. Um, but as long, I think it's cheesy to say this, but as long as sort of the, the fans are still around, I think the games will always feel the same. It's just, it's just great that people are turning up and feeling so, enthusiastic about it yeah fantastic i mean i asked you there for something that's maybe disappointed him from the past year it's the only thing really can pick out there just the performance on the pitch that's that's the obvious thing isn't it they've not they've not managed to gel for a better term and that's pretty much there's nothing else really you can point out and go oh it's a shame they haven't done that i mean clearly that there's there's time limitations as to as to when they can do things like the pitch and all that kind of stuff but um it's really been the performance on the pitch that is the only thing you could you could point out and say, well, that's that's, yeah. that's been subpar. Yeah, I think so. I, I, one thing, mm. one thing that I really like, obviously, I, I, I agree with you that the biggest thing for me is is the openness and the communication mm. and the engagement with with everybody. But the the thing that I the, the thing that I really like is that how easy it has seemed for kind of quite a, a lot of quite small tasks to all be done to kind of combine to make something much bigger, mm. like putting some decorations up to the back of stands, cleaning some seats. I think Portman road should have had electronic advertising boards for years, but now they're doing them. It just, it, it, it seems like kind of, and obviously there's different finance involved now. There's, there's a much bigger, much better level of backing. Um, but, but it's meant that sort of easy little tasks have been, have all been done. Mm. quite quickly and, and readily um and, th- and that combines to make a much a much something much bigger because on its own decorating the back of the north stand doesn't doesn't really change an awful lot for Ipswich Town does it but in conjunction with everything else um it all just comes together little things all add up Roscoe mm. about the future we've talked there about the past 12 months and what's happened the future is always a brilliant thing for a football fan generally speaking um, there's always next season, the, the next game, whatever. Um, but for town, for quite a long time, despite the fact there's always going to be a natural optimism, I guess it, it was kind of mooted, wasn't it? Like, uh, you know, we're not, we've been relegated. Oh, we're going to go. Oh, we, we haven't gone up. All that sort of stuff. Um, how do you feel now about the future? Town are going to fail to get out of League One again, despite everything that's happened this season, um, barring a miracle, which it, it seems extremely unlikely. So we go into another season of League One next season but this is the one isn't it this is the one boys this is the one where we're going to smash the league to bits uh hopefully um <laughs> but i think once again we've got to be a little bit yeah a bit cautious um because there's gonna be other teams who are going to be fighting for promotion as well there's teams coming down there's other teams that may miss out um but it does feel a bit different going into this summer um it'll be interesting you know we'll, we'll get into that we'll do we'll, we'll bring loads of content about you know summer signings players leaving players coming mm. in um, but it will feel different this summer because we've got uh, Kieran McKenna's first summer window. Uh, this will be the second year under the ownership. Um, 
And it is just exciting. I think town fans are excited. I think they are disappointed that we are going to be in League One again. But we're in that position because, well, we just haven't deserved to get promoted. We haven't deserved to get into the playoffs because on the pitch has not been great. But off the pitch, everything that is structured is fantastic. And I think we're just excited again. Um, some new teams to tick off the list, unfortunately. You know, Forest Green look like they're coming up. So trip to Forest Green. Uh, looks like Exeter could be coming up as well. So Ooh. another long trip there. So Plymouth, please win the playoffs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's, it's exciting. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll see how the, the pre-season pans out, the summer signings and all that. But so it's going to be a, a different feel going into this summer. Yeah, we're talking about one year in of, of ownership. Obviously, they you know, this happened in, in April, right towards the back end of the season. And and everything just had to be supercharged and done at, at pace last season. Without this infrastructure behind them, it was a bit of a kind of a supermarket sweep, trolley dash, you know, given Paul Cook decided to rip it up and completely start again. They just didn't have that infrastructure in place to do that at, at the speed that was required and with the quality that was required. And this year, hopefully, with more backroom staff in place with people one year into the job with relationships having been built properly um, and more of an emphasis on quality over quantity this summer that you would think that that this can be done a bit more with a bit more planning, a bit more logically um, and can just, the transition can just happen that, that bit better this time around. So we were talking one year into the ownership that's, you know, that period of time behind them, I think will, will, will make a big difference in the summer. Yeah, I hope I'm not going too early here, but I think I can say that town are definitely going up next season. Um, I don't want to get too carried away. <laughs> no, you're not having that, Rossi. Hutchie, um, before we go on to mailbag, by way of moving on to something slightly different, we've got to do your kit, because your kit over your right-hand shoulder, for those watching on video, is truly spectacular. Um He's just moving aside there. Look at that. That I don't know if it's. I don't know whether I should hang it on the wall, frame it, um, or wear it, mate. That is uh, that is spectacular. For the, for those of you not watching on video, it's it's it's. I don't know how to describe it, boys. What would, how would you? Very jazzy. <laughs> it's certainly very jazzy. It's essentially. I'll go and get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a myriad of shapes and colour. <clears throat> it's very nineties, isn't it? That's what you'd expect yeah. to see a nineties goalkeeper wearing. Um, Pretty funky. We've got some diamond pattern. Various different. They are wow! Yeah. Look at that. And that's the home, the Home Depot, as they say in America, as a sponsor. Um, I've no idea what team that is at all. Club America. It is yeah. Club America. Wow! Is that as jazzy in real life as it appears on the uh, on the video, Hutchie? Yeah. Wow. Where's it? Where's that rank in your in your your current kit rankings? Um, mid table, only mid table. It, it yeah. is pretty. It is pretty jazzy. Um, can we talk about the new edition you've also got as well? That's uh, if you'd like to. I would like to, yeah, because you've got something a bit out of left field, shall we say? Here we go. Right for those for those listening, it, it it's green. It's got a pocket. It's. It's a referee's outfit. It's a referee's <laughs> kit. What are you playing at? Don't Seriously. Be Don't, Don't, be Don't be jealous. What, what makes you think, I oh, know, I'll get a referee's kit? What, if you, 
if you see a referee's kit for sale, you uh, yeah, do I... not say you do not say no. <laughs> is that the rule? Well, yeah. this it, has I've... gone too far, Andy. I'm going to say this now. <laughs> this has got out of hand. Do you have you been wearing that around the house? Just just I showing your local worn it yet. Yeah. I've not tried it on yet. Um, I might at some point. What do you do with all of them? I know we talked about this before. I know oh, it's just... the same, mate. Nothing. Nothing. Just... But do you, 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 you trade them? You, you whack yeah, them I trade. Online? I mean, that, I that trade. Yeah, I buy, buy, sell, buy, sell. Lovely. You know, my yeah. motto with that is buy low, sell high. That's Wait. basic economics. I like it. Yeah, that's that's so... the equivalent of a a win is better than a draw. It's just <laughs> it's kind of the rules that you live your life by. Yeah, simple rules for a simple man. How there, much is... have you paid for a referee's shirt? How much? How much? At what level would you set? Would you rebuke me for it? And I'll t- twenty five pounds. <laughs> give me a number, Stu. You, you seem well. Me... I clearly you don't think it's acceptable at all. But give me no, I don't. Give me so... a, give me a number. Twenty pounds. It's less than that. Okay, eleven pounds ninety. Ah, it's okay. not too bad. Have you got the shorts and socks as well? No, but a mat stew, imagine if I'd had it. You know when we went in the dressing room at Exeter and played with the little numbers board? <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm, I'm a just, the thing that disappoints me is it's, it's the green one. But as I said, you do not turn down a referee's kit if you've got the ability to buy it. But I absolutely love their purple one. When a ref turns up in their purple their purple kit, I absolutely I think it's the best kit in the Football League. <laughs> so it's more of a puce. The kind of pinky purple one, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would say it's firmly Is in the it? purple camp. Okay, but I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, I'd put it up there in kind of the rankings amongst the entire league. Hutchie, in all those kits that you've got, and for those who've not seen, who've never watched this on video, behind Hutchie, there is essentially a a a, a washing line of kits just hanging on 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 hangers, um, which get rotated at various points. But is there one that you, is your go to, like well? I've looked at that today. That might me feel good. I need a bit of cheering up. Your favourite? No, and that's no, the beauty what? of it. It's so a, just it's a moving organism in itself. It's it's always got something for me. Nice. Um, I've recently I've recently invested in, in a suite of Turkish kits. If you're interested, Galatasaray, Besiktas, Fenerbahce, a suite, a suite. one of each. Nice. So if I if I fancy, did you get Turkish. that map kit in the end? The yeah. South American. Yeah, he's got, got that. that. Yeah, it. I don't like it. Oh, oh sad. Underwhelming. <laughs> no, it's under. Yeah, it is underwhelming in in real life. Okay, right. Enough of kits. Let's move on to mailbag, boys. Um, does one of you want to do the jingo? It's got to be Hutchie, hasn't it? I think you should do it, Mark. I can't. All oh, right, I will. Can't. You can't. Mailbag, mailbag. Uh, it, oh, I can't remember the. That's not the tune, is it's it? T- it's time for. It's, it's time for uh, Mark, Andy, Stu and Ross to dip into the mailbag. I went early. The, the, the original tune you, you held there reminded me a bit. Um, do you remember Phoebe and Friends? Does, does yeah, that's smelly, what I was going. Smelly cats. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I was doing there. I, I apologise to everyone. You you especially, boys. And Hutchie, because you're, you're the originator of that tune. Oh, mate, I asked you to do it. It's my fault. <laughs> right then, do you want to start with a football or non-football question today? Non-football, please. Non-football. Always. Foister wants to know, a bit dark this, if you could learn the date and time of your death, would you? Have we I'll done say, this one before? Not as far as I can remember. We might have done it years ago. Um, I'm saying no, by the way. 
I, I don't I don't I don't really want to know. Um Rossi? No, there's there is some films out there that sort of has like a timer where you know when you're gonna die. So yeah, no, nah, it's it's a bit scary actually. So yeah, I'd rather not. It's a bit scary actually, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Stewie? Yeah, it's a no from me. It's a no from you. Right, then let's do a football one. We've had a lot of questions about strikers. Um and we'll, we'll talk about how town are going to approach the last five games in due course and whether or not um, it's time to start playing some players we've not seen so much of so far. But um, in terms of strikers, where are we? Uh, he says now he can't find the strikers' questions. Um, talk amongst yourselves, boys. Uh, Chris Peach, he says, which striker would you like to sign in the summer? There's a question here from Steve Mellon. The accepting wisdom seems to be there will be a major shake-up of our striker options this summer. Can the Kings pick one realistic target we should push the boat out for? Um, and various other questions around strikers. Um, Stewie, where do we stand on the current striker situation? Bonds on loan, obviously. At one time, it looked nailed on that the town would try and get him permanently. Norwood, questions, question marks over him. Caden Jackson, resurgent, now injured. And Joe Piggott, who's just not done it at all this season. Um, how do you feel about those options going into the summer? Would you keep any of them? And is there one striker out there that you, you look at and go, hmm, what am I doing at town? Uh, of those four strikers, looking like Caden Jackson is the most likely to stay out of those, even though he's out of contract. Kieran McKenna's talked about how much he likes him. Sam Morsey's gone public in saying that he understands that, that Caden will, will sign. Um, and I think he's he's a good option to have, not necessarily to be your, your starter every week, but I think his pace brings something to the party and McKenna's used that properly. The others, I don't know what's going to happen with Bond, Norwood, even Piggott, who's under contract. It's not happened for him this year. So I think Town's starting striker for the opening day of next season could very well be someone not currently in the building. Targets. I had a little look through. I did see this question before we came on today. So I had a little flick through championship squads. And I think they will look to recruit from above rather than below or, you know, proven. People talk about Cole Stockton and that feels like they've gone down that route with Norwood and, and Piggott and people in recent years. I think they'll aim for, for players higher up. I've just I'll just chuck some names out that I've come across. Johnson Clark Harris at Peterborough, they're coming down. He's still got time on his contract, but he's done it at this level spectacularly. Could Ipswich push the boat out and, and sort of force him away from Peterborough? That would be a, a real show of in, intent. Um, Tom Eaves is out of contract at, at Hull at the end of this season. He's done it at this level with, with Gillingham before. Um, Narky Wells at Bristol City, someone who's gone for a lot of, of money in the past at the slightly uh, older end of, of the wage, uh, uh, the age spectrum. Um, Martin Waghorn to come back, Coventry. Joe Lolly, who's uh, been really impressive at Forest in the past, but has just seen his career sort of slow a little bit with, with injuries. But um, I think that's where they'll be looking at maybe players in the championship that have just been on the fringes this season that, that maybe they could... Uh, convinced to drop down to League One next season. How are you feeling about the strikers, Hutchie? How am I? Um, the same as Stu, if I'm honest. I, th I think yeah. it needs it. I think it needs a real, real shake-up um, for various reasons. I do think 
clearly clearly Jackson is one they would like to stay if they can agree something with him. Um, part of me, part of me would like to see Bon here. Um, mm. I really would, um, because clearly he he's on a very poor run at the moment, and you and I don't think you would be signing him as the number one main man. But I think we know there's been issues in his personal life in the second half of this season, and part of me. Part of me wants to see him here full time and see what that does that does for him. I think his form second half of the season will mean that he wouldn't be signed as the main man. He might have to be one of three sort of senior figures up front, Jackson, Bon, and one other. Um I think I'd as long as the deal was right, I think you'd I think I'd like to see him here still. But I, I would agree. I think the main the main man, the number nine, if you will, isn't mm. isn't here at the moment. And the the one that I've got written down is one that Stu's mentioned. There would be Johnson Clark Harris, who's scored thirty three goals the last time he was in League One, and he's hit double figures in the Championship. He's in form at the moment. He's a bit, I think he's um he's lean at the moment. He's um he's kind of cut down some some weight issues that he had earlier in the season, and he's he's on a really good. I think he's got five in five or something mm. like that at the moment. Um, and I think that's one they could realistically, they could realistically do. Like it. Who, who was it that Mike wanted to sign last week? I, I, Ibrahimovic from uh, from Fulham, was it? <laughs> Mitrovic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. That's what he, he was trying to get to. Yeah. I also but, wonder if we're talking about sort of a striker unit and not necessarily and, and having different. My headphones are not working. I can't hear. Well, we we can hear you, Ross. So <laughs> be quiet. Um, <laughs> Um, I also wonder, as as part of sort of a, a well-rounded strike force, that they need to get someone just a physical, experienced option that's not going to play every week, but can sort of play a role off the pitch as well and come on in these sort of games like we saw against Cambridge last weekend, um, where just a different option is required. I looked at someone like Jukiewicz at, at Birmingham, who's recently turned 33, but just a real experienced physical campaigner. You look at um, like Blackpool had Gary Medine last season. You know, there's Sam Vokes is, is doing it for Wickham this year. Um, whether Ipswich need to add one of those type of players to, to their front line, just, just to kind of add to their options. They they looked at that, didn't they? With um, That's what Ollie Hawkins was supposed to be, but they need something better better than that don't they I, I think I'd probably agree with that I, I think that's where Joe Piggott might lose out I think that's where Piggott might might be sacrificed um, that's, that's interesting I was going to ask about Piggott by way yeah. of the conversation because clearly he was last summer the the main man coming in not worked out from at all so where do you where, do you see him having a future here at all uh, well I think if, if we're talking about Jackson staying which I think we are if we're talking about signing the main man and then if you're talking about also having a different option to mix it up hmm. I, I don't see where that would leave room for for Joe Piggott he's going to be an in, he's going to be an interesting one um to move on because he'll have taken a hefty kind of increase in his wage to come to Ipswich and I'm not sure if there's going to be a market particularly out there for him to match that to, in terms of moving on so we'll see um 
we'll see. I, I think he could be one of one of three or four strikers here at Ipswich. But if you're rebuilding it to the extent we're talking there about bringing in a different option, I, mean, I think we're probably agreed that although Piggott's got the size, he's not necessarily the kind of player that Stu was talking about mm. right there. So um, could they convince Akin Fenwar to have another last dance? Just dance one more dance, put okay. angels on by Robbie Williams at the end of the night and go go for one more. I'll be here for that. What, 10 minutes off the bench in the every game sort of thing? <laughs> Why not? Fantastic. I just want to shout out Little Melon Man, who was among those asking about strikers as well. Friend of the show. Rossi, you've got your hand up. Do you need the toilet? No, can I, can I mention a striker who would like yeah. us to sign? Because I love saying his name. Lucas Jow of Reading. Lucas Jow. Yeah, he's, um, he's been injured, unfortunately, but yeah, he's been coming back. He won Plough of the Month in February. He scored five goals in six games, something like that. Um, he's he always scores against town as well when he played against us when we we're in the championship. But he's a uh, six foot four, but he's uh, a big man, but got good feet. It was the other way around? Good feet for a big man, isn't it? Good feet for a big man. Surprisingly good feet for a big man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've had a lot of questions as well about strikers, as well about um, out-of-contract players and who Town should keep. We'll do that as a a kind of standalone pod, I'm sure, at some point. So if you have asked about that, we will get to that at some point. Thanks for getting involved. Next question. Um, Tom Baines, one of the the game day posse, Roscoe. Pre-assist can get in the bin, he says. What part of the beautiful game would each of the Kings put in Football Room 101? Um, I would definitely put in, um, going back to my my rant about um, Ethan Hamilton and the, the Moores incident, I would definitely put in play acting. That can get right in the bin um, for football and, and this kind of general acceptance. It's okay to roll around on the floor like you've been shot whenever anyone makes the slightest bit of contact with your neck, shoulder or head. Um, that can go right in there for me. Rossi, what would you put in? I think away kits that don't need to be used when it doesn't clash because that's happened a lot. Like to be fair, Town have done it a few times this season. Uh, you know, we had that great spell of the, the you know the white kit bringing us luck, and of course then we lost against Cholton or whatever a time when we wore it when we didn't need to. So I think that's definitely up there because if it doesn't clash, don't don't change it. Just use your home kit. Stewie, what are you putting in in the bin never to come out again? Can people stop bringing these signs begging for players' shirts at the end of the game? This is It's got too far now. It, there's some nice moments where young kids get get shirts, but it's, it's, gone, it's gone a bit too far now. But then they just, they just end up on eBay then, though, don't they? Exactly. Seem ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Hutchie, what are, you, what are you sticking in the bin? Um, the length of time that it takes assistant referees to put their flag up for a player that everybody knows was five yards offside just if it's that just put it up just put the flag up don't let Caden Jackson run from five yards offside for another 15 meters before putting the ball the flag up when he touches the ball just put it up save everybody the bother and let's crack on you could sort that out yourself now but mate you've got the kit exactly Um, I need a flag of all the of all the refereeing positions, what would you take on the the most? Would you want to be the, the main man in the middle? Would you want to be running the line? Would you want to be the fourth official? Quite fancy the fourth official, if I'm honest. Get push the, push board, the board. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You get you get to have some fun and games. Chat with the managers. Hold the board up. Um, check people's studs. That looks quite fun. Um, yeah. And you would get you to wear be... trousers. I don't want to wear shorts to work. So. Um, 
Yeah, trousers, please. Would, would you be an overly officious referee? Would you be like really no. pretty and, and you just we let anything talking, go, wouldn't you? We were talking about this the other day, weren't we, Stuart, again? Um, I'd let far too much go. I'd get myself into trouble eventually. I like you'd, you'd lose control, I think. You'd set the tie. Always, yeah. it's a big derby game. Always let a couple of early feisty ones go. Yeah, yeah. I'll descends get, into yeah. chaos. I'll get praised early on in the game for that. And then once we get to like, the half hour mark, uh, oh, we're in trouble then. There's a bench clearing brawl. She's <laughs> hanging off one of the yeah. players' legs. Yeah. <laughs> you might be the first person in history to aspire to be a fourth official. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've, yeah, can, I don't know if you can get there without, you might have to run the odd line here and there to make to make that job your own. But They don't, they don't do a lot though, do they? It's not like they need big qualifications, surely. Um, right, I've got a question here, Stewie, I want to ask you because it relates to Kieran McKenna. A, a young man by the name of Frank Lampard is currently struggling mightily at Everton. Um, Hutchie, when we spoke about Frank Lampard being linked to Ipswich Town um, and him effectively ruling it out, you said, I don't know what sort of job he thinks he's going to get. Well, he's ended up in the Premier League at Everton, Stewie, your, your boyhood club. question from Sean Young says, uh, how does Stu rate his beloved Everton's chances of survival and at what point do they call Neil Warnock. The, the thing I would like to know, boys, is if, if you could say right now, this second, the football gods come down and go, right, you can have Frank Lampard now. Get rid of Kieran McKenna if you want. Take your choice. Is anyone on this panel taking that Frank Lampard over Kieran McKenna? Stewie? Uh, no. Fair enough. How do no you argument feel? for it, is there? Well, I, you, how would you even argue for that? I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. Um, I mean, you I guess there it. would be an argument for it because as much as Ken has, McKenna's made an impact, he is still 18 games into to senior mm. management and Frank Lampard has been manager of Chelsea. He has been manager of Derby. He's, he's got that bit more experience. But um, no, I still wouldn't take that swap at the moment with everything we've, we've seen and heard from McKenna at the moment and, and the travails of, of Frank Lampard. So... Um, how do I rate Everton's chances? Slim. I'm worried. Take did take a look. Take a look at the fixtures that Everton have got left. It uh, doesn't look good. Did you watch it last night? I watched the second half. It's so sad. <laughs> Just the sad scousers in the stands. They look really, really sad. Frank Lampard looks really sad. Throwing away a lead at Burnley. Mm. You wonder where he's next going to rock up, don't you, old Lamps? Maybe he will. We will see him in League One. Um, right, two more questions. One, This one is perfect for you, Roscoe. Matt Thomas, Fighting Matt, friend of the show, number seven or something. Um, excellent shadow boxing for those not watching on the, <laughs> on the video from Rossi. He says, um, bridging the physicality gap and basing the decision on style of player, which two uh, Ipswich Town women's players would fit best with what's needed and McKenna's style of play in the men's side? He's he's saying Blue Wilson and Natasha Thomas. Um so in terms of the way McKenna plays football, the formation, all things taken into account, which two ladies would you would you bring across? Um, I think definitely Paige Peak because um, she actually trains with the boys under 18s every week and has done sessions with the under 23s as well. And she actually works for the men's first team in the Alias side of it as well. So um, she's a good talker as well. I know Stu did the press conference for the West Ham game and she's a fantastic talker and um, she's a great player as well when she's a ball playing midfield she's the defender she's pretty much like Wolfie she's very laid back but also can strike a ball very hard she does take the free kicks and has scored a few free kicks 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe Abby Lafayette, because she's pretty much like JD, pretty much. She's consistent every week, plays multiple positions. Those are the two, I think. And Sophie Pescott as well. Um, unfortunately, she's currently out, out with an ACL, but she's a pacey winger. Um, so maybe she can sort of be like Wes Burns, going down the wing, cross the ball, score goals. So those are the players, I'll say. Nice. We need Natasha Thomas as well, though, don't we? Because Town Strikers yeah, striker. can't, can't yeah. score. So let's have Natasha Thomas as well. Right then, final question. We've had a few food-related questions as well today um, from Will Airy. Uh, where are we? Where's the other one? Uh, Harvey Davis, Sweet Welsh Prince, friend of the show. But the one I like most is from Dylan. He says, food or food combinations you think are overrated? For me, it's gravy on a roast or gravy on chips. Now, we know, Hotchi, of course, you like gravy on a baked potato. You, are you are you saying he's not having gravy on a roast? Well, mental, absolutely mental. Your head's completely gone, Dylan. You're better than that. Um, My head's completely who, gone. Who doesn't having... who doesn't have gravy on a roast? Aaron Stanley. He doesn't have a gravy on a roast. Is it not just really what? dry? It is. You've got What's that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Hutchie's leaving. Um so that's clearly shocked us all that he thinks gravy on a roast overrated. Is there anything else you think is is overrated in a food combo sort of way, boys? Something I think is massively overrated is gold leaf, which isn't really a food combination, but um, people whack You're an it idiot on things. If you have gold leaf, on people your food, whack it on what things. What are you doing? Well, exactly. A so they can they can charge you more. It has zero taste. It brings nothing to a dish other than making it look slightly tacky. Um, people buying salt based steaks covered in gold leaf, ridiculous. Anyway, um, Mark, when we were when we were in Paris last week, yeah, I stood I stood up and pretended to do salt bay on my steak. Oh, and, did you? And hey. I, ma- I made a, I made a Frenchman laugh. Outstanding, outstanding, Hutchie. That's a very young Hutchie like thing. <laughs> was the steak good? Uh, yeah, it was really good actually. Yeah, very nice. I don't they normally know. have steak, but they know how to cook a steak. The French, they really do, uh, and duck as well. Um, Stewie, anything you, you find overrated? I can't get beyond the gravy thing, to be honest. If you're not so, having gravy, so on the very road, dry. What are you what are you having? There's got to be an alternative sauce. Don't surely. say ketchup. He's not, oh, not well. talking ketchup, are we? Because oh. I don't want to go over the top. But I think anyone who puts ketchup on a roast should be jailed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they wouldn't fare well in prison either. Would there are some crimes where you don't fare particularly well in prison yeah. as a result either? And I think ketchup on the old roast would be what, uh, what, would what be you inform? What you inform, mate? Ketchup on a roast? Get that electric, <laughs> get that electric sock. Exactly. You you have to be like in solitary confinement for your own your own protection. Absolutely. Um, how about underrated food combinations, boys, or unexpected? Um, I've got one which you're going to think is equally as mental as not having gravy on a roast, but one of the podcasts I listen to, Food Wise, has a has a feature where they um they have these kind of unexpected combinations, and most of them are, are, are complete mental. There was one um, earlier this week about splitting a sausage roll in the middle, putting in custard creams, and then putting tomato ketchup on top. Insane. So most of them are, are disgusting, but the one that I found that's really really does work is gherkins with peanut butter. Oh, that makes serious? Yeah, exactly. I thought that sounded mental. I love gherkins and I love peanut butter. Peanut butter is one of the best things around. Um, and it, but it really works, honestly. Get yourself a pickle, whack it in, whack it in some peanut butter. There's something about it. There's kind of the 
acidity and the slight sweetness of the gherkin with that lovely, unctuous, peanutty vibe from the peanut butter. I'll tell you, friends, try it tonight and thank me later because that is one um, that I will I will use. And anything, anything you go to? Hutchie, we know obviously about your unusual. Um, not too unusual, I've got to say. I dipped a pom bear in a hot chocolate yesterday because my daughter <laughs> told me to. Was it good? And that was, it was quite nice, yeah. It's, you know how like salted caramel and chocolate is good? Oh, yeah. You get like, kind of like a salty, salty chocolate. Just the same with a with a pom bear, but with some added. I mean, your dip sizzle. must be like point two of a second. Otherwise, that pom bear is just going to disintegrate Melt. on top. Yeah, I've got a very sensitive mouth as well, so I do let my my hot chocolates cool quite significantly. I can't handle much in terms of hot in terms of hot drinks, so it was quite cool. And it, but but the so it didn't kind of get through it straight away. But yeah, you're right. You have to be in and out with a pom bear. You can't hang around. But it's all right. It's the, the old principle of the chocolate and crisps always works well together, doesn't it? I think. Um, Rossi, I bet you've got some absolutely mental things that you eat. I'm, 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 I'm going to do a mental thing, but I'm saying something that shouldn't be used on a pizza. And of course, it is going to be the pineapple discussion because that. Not this again. Just, I'm sorry, but it's just it's wrong. It's wrong. Don't have pineapple on a pizza. And also, this is weird. Liam from Crew. So when we went to Oxford. Yeah, we stayed around his sisters, and he doesn't have milk on his cereal. He just eats it dry. What? Like a whole bowl of it? Like I've I've, yeah, I've dipped my hand in a cereal box before and had a few yeah. little little yeah, nibbles, but, but like a proper bowl. Bowl. Yeah, no milk. What's wrong with all these people? Lubricate your food. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a rule for life. Um, and with that, let's end mailbag, boys. Um, a good one today. I enjoyed it. Uh, let us know about your, your crazy food combinations and do let us know if you try that, that pickle, gherkin uh, and peanut butter combination because I think, I think you'll like it, friends. Right then, boys, there's five games to go in Ipswich Town's 2021-22 football season. Ipswich Town's season is dead. Does anyone here disagree with that? They're now eight points outside the playoffs, five games to go. It's done. Stick a fork in it. So yeah, can we stop? Can everyone stop pretending and talking about? Oh, mathematically, I've heard oh, a few yeah, people yeah. desperately. Ju- it's done. It's done. done. Okay. Accept it. Accept it. Done. Denial, denial, anger, acceptance. Move on to acceptance. In that case, then Stewie, because you're the one who who spoke up, how do Town approach these last five games? Because clearly, you want to win. You want to try and win the last five. Of course, you do. But is it now time, my friend, uh, to start playing the kids? There are, there are players we've not seen much of um, who are names that, that fans are interested in. Is not now the, the perfect time to start? I'm not saying start them. I don't think you can really make an argument to suddenly drop Luke Wolfenden and start Elkin Baggett. Then there may be an argument up front with a certain Tyree Simpson. But how, how would you approach it? Uh, with an element of experimentation, but a minor element because I think it's important they finish the season as strong as possible. I think there's some mm. some targets to try and beat last season for for a start, both in terms of finishing position and, and points total. See if you can main that two points per game and, and just take that that confidence and an element of momentum into the summer. It's important that, you know, we've all felt a little bit flattened by last weekend. It's important that that feeling doesn't sort of linger 
for too much too much longer. And there are some tough games ahead. Shrewsbury, which we'll come on to, is a tough game away from home this weekend. I don't care what anyone says. Then it's Rotherham, then it's Wigan. So it's important that this doesn't sort of peter away going into the summer. Um, before you start talking about chucking the kids in, you've got to start thinking about the contract situation and deciding, you know, whether you're going to give people chances to earn deals or if I would imagine Kieran McKenna's got a pretty decent idea in his mind as to which way he's going to go with some of these players. Now, if you've decided that Macaulay Bond's not going to be here next season, then do do you need to play him over these next five games? And that argument can, can go on to, to several of the other out-of-contract ones. So, yeah, well, one or two things. I think with the, with the young kids... You can, if you chuck them in at the wrong time, you can do more damage than than good. But I think this is probably a a good time to to give one or two an opportunity because it's a team that's been in pretty good form. The the pressure's off. There's a feel good factor behind them. So th- this should be a good little um good little period to to to, to take a sneak peek at, at one or two. I would say without going mad and chucking in two or three from the start. Hmm. Hutchie, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Me and Mike did a video about this yesterday, uh, and some of the comments on there were just stop playing the loan players. What's the point in playing the loan players now? Um, they're not town players. And, and Stu's touched there on on Macaulay Bond. How how would you feel about that? And are there any particular players you'd like to see before the end of the season? Um, I think I'd probably agree with Stu's approach to that in in general, in terms of kind of cautiously give a few a look at the first team. Hmm. Um, but if you're talking about loan players, I th- Selena's obviously a, a different case. I think the hope's got to be that they're, they're looking to sign him full time. So no, no reason to do anything there. Um, then who are you talking about? Dominic Thompson. You're talking about, you're talking Backinson. about, about Backinson again, back in Backinson. I still think you want to keep looking at Backinson because they've got a decision to make on him. I, I, I think he still needs to be playing. We, we spoke, I think there was a fair amount of surprise he didn't play last last Saturday over Carroll, who's a case in mm. himself, isn't he? He's out of contract if you if you've made a decision there. Which, given that he started on Saturday, they can't have d- completely decided at that point anyway that he was one that would move on. But um, I wouldn't change an awful lot if I'm honest. I, I think I think Kieran McKenna is. Like Stu said, he's only 18 games in here, still finding his feet as a manager. And I, I, I think you want the kind of the frontline players to be in the side, just just for Kieran McKenna's benefit, if anything else, just to keep working with those players and keep keep working in his early days as a manager by himself. Saying that, obviously Simpson is an obvious one. Baggett's been around the squad and on the bench, and an obvious one. And um and Cameron Humphreys has been spoken about. Um I watched the under twenty threes actually on, on Tuesday and and I'll be honest, I'm not sure any of those players I'm not sure if McKenna was watching, but if I'm not sure any of them really sort of told him that they were bang on ready for this right mm. now. I would be minded to have them around the squad. They clearly are training, but I'd be minded to use pre season to integrate anybody into the real setup rather yeah, than now. Yeah. Well, if I was the, ones, the ones that we we talked about and the ones that have been listed, Baggett has obviously been on the bench recently, but you're not going to be changing that 
that back three at, at the moment, the way that's going. Then you move on to someone like Cameron Humphreys, that has obviously got got a fair bit of press with with Kieran Dyer's comments. I think we sometimes forget that Idris El Mazouni has played mm. played a reasonable amount of football earlier in the season, and and for my money, didn't really let the team down at various things. So that would be a bit, maybe a bit of a kick in the teeth to him. Sometimes you've got to think about pathways that if suddenly someone jumped ahead of him. Um, you've mentioned there Backinson. If if you're if the jury's still out on him and there's the decision to make, give do you give him like the final five games and then and then make a decision? And the next in line would, would probably be Idris El Mazzuni. So where does where does Cameron Humphreys kind of fit in there? And then up front, Tyree Simpson, we talked a lot about we don't really know which way this is gonna go with with Bond, Norwood, Piggott. Do you give them opportunities to kind of prove that they they deserve to be here next season so there's not a huge sort of door ajar for for some of these these youngsters I would say I mean we're probably looking maybe in the last two or three games maybe one or two get on the bench and at best come on come on for a few minutes but um yeah you can't you, you don't just give away these these sort of debuts they have to be sort of earned and, and be ready at the right time and you've got to think about the message it gives to the senior players ahead of them as as well as what it does for those young players themselves yeah i, I agree with you there on 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 most of them but i think tyree simpson there has to be an argument that we need to see him play i know there's this behind the scenes whatever's going on with the the club and the agent and whatnot um but you've got a lad there who's, who's come off a really successful loan spell in league two now hasn't played but played for you on the 23s that's not doing him any good it's not doing the club any good either and bluntly, town strikers aren't doing it. So why why should he not get a chance before the end of the season? Surely now is the perfect time. It's a really difficult one because I'm not going to pretend that we know the complete ins and outs of this contract situation. But hmm. they've obviously brought him back from his loan um, as part of the, the messaging process in that, in that, look, we want to sort a contract with you. That's not been sorted. Mm. You're coming back. Does putting him into first-team football matches add up as part of that? Is I, I don't know whether... I'm not going to pretend I know where negotiations are at, how they're going to end or anything, but is that the... Me- I don't know. Like, Are there messages trying to be sent to him here? I don't, I don't pretend to know that at all, but I think that's going to be part of it as well. And I'll be honest, as much as I could see some improvement when I, I this is literally the first time I've watched him play in Ipswich shirt probably for 18 months because of COVID and loans and everything but um there looked to me like he'd had made some improvements to his touch and maybe his composure but I, he didn't he didn't do enough for me in, in what is his window to to show McKenna along with training in this game on on Tuesday so um I think the bench is kind of his limit uh, uh, and he may get a few minutes, but there, there's so much more to go into it. I, it's not something. It's not something I'm desperately rushing to do. If I'm honest, okay. fair enough. All about opinions. Um, I've written something which is just about to go online. Might be online. I actually um, five players who I'd like to see play. Tyrese, obviously one of them. Cameron Humphreys, um, Elkin Baggett, uh, Tawanda Chawara, and um, finally, and I'm going to ask you about this, Rossi, Armando Dobra. Dobra is a strange case. Um, let's have a little chat about him because he's currently on loan at the Ipswich Town veterans team down the road. That loan this season has been nothing short of a disaster for him. He's not played since January, um, been really out of the loop. Clearly not what any of 
the, the, the people involved expected from that loan. I'd imagine he was meant to go there, excuse me, <coughs> and star um, and come back ready to rip League One up as well for town. So I know technically he's still on loan at, at, at um, Colchester. He played for town on the 23s actually on Tuesday, didn't he, Hutchie? Um, there has to be an argument though, doesn't there, for him to come back to town and maybe to get a bit of, a bit of PT? No, Hutchie, you shake. I, I don't. I don't think that they can't. He's they he's can't on loan. At, he's on. A, he's on loan at Colchester. So and you can't. That's a, total, that's a total waste of time, though. What? Well, they can't recall. They then 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 that's a decision they needed to make in January. You can't recall him outside of outside of a transfer window. So he, I think he, the terms of his loan and the age that he is means that he's on sort of technically a youth loan which is which means he's been able to to play for the 23s a couple of times but he 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 can't play for the first team as far as i know between between now and the end of the season because he is on loan at colchester rules schmools you're meant to be you're meant to be a, a lackadaisical referee mate you're telling me i can't do it i'm i'm, I'm hearing See, I'm, I'm firm now I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've lost control i've lost my half an hour worth of control i've let you i've let this go willy-nilly and now i'm trying to reassert some dominance with my rules absolutely it all started with the gravy and the roast thing that's when you started to, you know, start <laughs> to pick up um should we talk about dobra generally then um because not too long ago he was seen as quite a big part of, of town's relatively near future clearly it's not worked out for him this season um can you see a part for, for Armando to play going forward, Rossi? Yeah, I think if he has a good pre-season, um, Kieran McKenna want to have a look at him. Um, unfortunately, he's not had the game time we're all hoping he was going to have at Colchester. We're going to hopefully he was going to rip it up at those down the road with the veterans town side. Um, and that would have been a perfect, we thought that was a perfect loan. You know, he's going to be playing alongside Luke Chambers and co. Um, that just hasn't worked out because Colchester have been struggling and maybe that's why they haven't used him because they're trying to stay in League 2 and which is looking likely. Well, it is likely. I think they are staying up. Um, so it's going to be a big pre-season for Dobra. Although it was a big pre-season just gone for Dobra as well. And he, you know, started against Burton, um, had a few appearances. Um, so yes, this is going to be a big summer for him. Um, hopefully he does have a part to play, but... Is he the right man to push us getting promoted out of League One? I don't know. Yeah. Stewie, we had a chat about Dobber yesterday. What what do you think about him at, at town going forward? The goalposts have moved at Ipswich Town Football Club. We talked about the ownership and the ambition in the way that McKenna's playing at the moment. The only role he could play is as sort of one of those number 10s in behind. He's now up against, as it stands, Chaplin... Selena and Aluko there. Um, Ross is right. I mean, McKenna's proven that it's a clean slate for, for anyone. And he's we've seen big turnarounds in, in players. And he may, he may come back in the summer and, and, and completely catch his eye. But I'd have thought he'd be back training with the first team now. He's not involved at Colchester. They're allowing him to to sort of come back and play for the 23s. I think if if that was something that was in the club's mind, he'd be training with the first team now. And, he, and he's not, from what I gather. And and some of the youngsters that we've mentioned, including Tawanda Chirewa, who has been a bit of a goal machine in that number 10 role for the 23s, has been training. So um, I my gut feeling is that Armando Dobra's uh, future probably lies at that elsewhere from Ipswich Town, which is, which is sad because we all sort of liked so many of his, his qualities on and on and off the ball. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of, it feels like it's heading in a, in a certain direction for me at the moment with him. 
Okay, um, so Amanda Dobra maybe not part of Town's Future. What definitely is part of Town's Future is a trip to Shrewsbury this weekend, um, the one of the, the final five games. How do we? How are you feeling about this one, Hutchie? Because Shrewsbury have been up and down. They're 16th in the table. Um, just looking at their results, though, they beat Rotherham 3-0 away recently. Yep. Uh, and then they put five past Morecambe at home. So they've, they've been in pretty pretty decent form of late. Um, how are we feeling about this one and, and, and how would you approach it team-wise? I would. How am I feeling about it? Um, I have to know how to feel about it because I think we're all, we're all accepting that the season the season's kind of not going to end where we want it to end for Ipswich. So it's it. If it was if if everything was kind of still really in the balance and like they were they're gunning for this sixth spot with everything that they've got and they were closing in, I, I'd feel like this was this would be like a really. I'd feel like this was a banana skin. But but it's not a banana skin anymore. It's it's just a tough a, a tough game. It's I don't I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Um, I'm just looking forward to watching Ipswich play again and see if they can play better than last week. That's the big thing for me. Just watching to see if they can respond from a from a really down game mm. for them and come and come back with something better because we know they're capable of better. Um, better is not, probably not going to get them there. But I just I want to see if, what how they respond to it now. These dead rubbery type fixtures can go one or two ways, and we talked about it with with what Cambridge would bring to Portman Road last weekend, didn't we? With their safety kind of secured, subconsciously, do you lose a bit of competitive edge, and your your performance levels drop, or do or does or do the shackles come off, and you just think actually we can just go and enjoy ourselves and come to Portman Road and and uh, enjoy the occasion, and it was the latter with Cambridge last weekend, maybe. Maybe we'll get that kind of lift from Ipswich now. Maybe that pressure that was building on their shoulders to, oh, can they go and win every game and can they get in the playoffs? Now, now that's gone. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll actually enjoy themselves even more, and, and just uh, the shackles will, will come off a little bit. But um, it's a tough game, and I know people will roll their eyes at, oh, Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury's a tough game. Yeah, it is because. Yeah. You're on one with this one, mate. This is the second time in this podcast. Who said this? Someone has told bit. you, haven't yeah. they? No, Someone no, has said just, to you just, that this is this easy. General, we're, we're gearing up for a fourth season in League One now, and it still infuriates the hell out of me that people kind of have this snobby attitude yeah. towards kind of. Have we not learned our lessons by now that this is a tough league and that, you know, again, last weekend was a, a reminder of, of that? And um, Ipswich, you can see, we talked about Ipswich's clean sheet record under Kieran McKenna. They've conceded seven goals in 18 games under McKenna. Shrewsbury have conceded 10 in their last 18 games, which is almost as good. Um, Cottrell's got them got them pretty tight at the back. He's got them getting getting some results. You've mentioned the, the win at Rotherham recently. So I just, yeah, I think we've all got to kind of finally lose this mindset. And my, my one fear is that suddenly it's like McKenna's at the wheel and this is brilliant and we've got the ownership and we're going to, you know, it'll be, I can see it already in the summer, Ipswich will be installed as title favourites by bookmakers and and people alike. And um, this has come back to bite us on the bum quite a few times. And it's, you know, I do believe it, uh, there's lots of reasons to be optimistic, but I just think everyone collectively needs to stay really grounded in this and know that it, they're going to have to work damn hard to get themselves out of out of this division. Um, so that's where I'm coming with with that one. 
I do want to know who said this to you, though, Stu, because it's no, some, no, nobody, nobody someone, specifically someone, about this game. Something's wild, just, you. But have we not consistently? And we've all been guilty of it. I've yep. probably been guilty of it at times. Gone, uh, it's so and so, and sort of turning our nose up at certain names of teams in in this division. Mm. It, uh, the record we spoke about last weekend was Ipswich hadn't beaten any of the four teams that came up from League One last season. So. I think we've kind of get got to get beyond this. Oh, this this god awful division. It's uh, it's horrible football and time wasting. I'm 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 bored of people moaning about time wasting. I'm bored of people moaning about refs. Um, just get it done, Ipswich Town. There's no excuses now. You finished outside the playoffs three seasons in a row. Become the masters of your own destiny. Be better than your opposition. Score more goals. There we go. You watch. As soon as the season's done, the playoffs are done and the odds come out for next season. Ipswich Town will be in the top two favourites to win League One. Probably Derby first, I'd imagine. Um, Ipswich Town second. We will see. Roscoe, how are you feeling about your trip to Shrewsbury? Is there anything particularly you want to see other than the obvious, a win? Um, I'm looking forward to it, to be fair. I've never been to um, the, whatever the ground's called. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, I completely forgot what it's called. Uh, but no, I'm looking forward to it. Um but as I'm agreeing with Stu, we've been here before. Yeah, so it's Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, whatever you call them. Um, I think we're going to lose this weekend, to be honest. Oh, we're going to lose. So All right. there we go. That's the perfect yeah. segue into, into predictions and million pound picks, Hutchie. Now, I've listened to every single podcast while I've been away. And I've got to be honest, my head is spinning when it comes to million pound picks. Because you were away too. Um, the boys took, should we say, a less than, than uh, pristine approach to um, their bets in your absence, um, just throwing out random scores and names, no odds at all, just saying, no, Hutch, you'll, Hutch, you'll sort it out. Um, so I've got no idea where we stand with the pot. Um, I've got no idea where we go from here. You, you tell me. Well, you're lucky. You're, you're all lucky um, because of all the nonsense that you've wasted my money. I've gone, I have gone back through it yeah. and, and tallied them all up. And I'm just going to get my little bit of my little spreadsheet that I've got. Up in front of me, my million pound pick spreadsheet. Um, the grand total of all of your nonsense uh, actually only lost us fifty thousand pounds because I won the bet ah, because Sam Morsey scored. So even though I wasn't there, still dug you lot out of out of your nonsense. So we've actually only lost fifty grand. So it's down to like four hundred and ninety thousand pounds at the moment. Um, and I'm going to stick all of that, all on, of it, on Ukraine to win the Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> as I said I was going to, and uh, and crack on from there. They're even money. Um, when is it? When is the Eurovision Song oh, Contest? Oh, it's not for ages. I can't really do that yet, can I? No. That's not till May. Um, but I think this is an easy game against an awful team in an awful league. <laughs> so I think Ipswich are going to win, um, and I'm going to put some money on that I, i'll be honest i've not prepared anything one second i'm going to do it off the top of my head morsi to score at, fifth, at six to one fifty grand as always and then i'm going to do ipswich to win two one at ten to one at another fifty grand sorted jobs are yeah, good that's what i'm going to do town to win two one then rossi you're saying town are going to lose how much they're going to lose by uh just one nil um i think shrewsbury they are a good They've got a good defence, as, as Stu said. Cottrell has made them a machine at the back. 
Um, and this could be wrong. And hopefully we do go and smash him and, you know, stuff like that. But we can't score goals. So 1-0 defeat. OK, Stewie, an easy, we already established an easy game in a tawdry little league. Um, how, how are you feeling about this? What's going to happen? Nil-nil. Nil-nil, <laughs> man. I hope not. So we've got 2-1 win from Hutchie. Nil, as nil, long as the goalposts aren't being taken down as we arrive at the stadium, I'll, I'll be happy. Um, that was one of the uh, one of the lowlights of, of covering the football during the, uh, the COVID season when Andy and I walked in to... And what is the name of the stadium? It's not the Gay Meadow anymore, is it? It's Mon- isn't it Montgomery Water Meadows or something? There we go. It's, it's the Montgomery Waters Meadow. Ross, have you been to Colchester United? Yes. You've been to Shrewsbury. It's just three out, <laughs> three and a half hours away. <laughs> Excellent. That's a, good cool. That's a good place to end it this week then, boys. Um, a- any other business before I, um, I get back to my usual shambolic outro? No other business. No other, no other business. business. Okay. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this week's pod. Good to be back with you. Um, please remember to support our sponsors, uh, Manscaped at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA for 20% off and free delivery on all their excellent club. They just re-upped with us again. We're clearly excellent at selling intimate shavers. Um, so thanks for that, KOA Army. Keep buying them at a record-setting pace. Uh, Stewie, I enjoyed your promo. You cut a nice one for the weed whacker. Have you, have you got yourself one yet? Yes. <laughs> no. This is for those of you who don't know Stuart Watson. This is one of his mo's. Stu is is is, an, is is a master at saying he's going to do something, uh, and then it doesn't happen for the next six months. Speaking of which, Rossi, um, driving test. You've been saying that you're going to be driving pretty much every, every week. Whenever <laughs> I ask you this question, it's always next month. When is your driving test? Hopefully, it is in May. <laughs> <laughs> next month, we we shall see. Um, stay off the roads friends um uh, yeah we'll, we'll do an update of that at some point um so that's manscaped teaser done uh, also follow us across all our social medias kings of anger on youtube instagram twitter and facebook enjoy the game if you're going this weekend follow it with us if you're not the boys will all be there have a great weekend and we shall convene again next monday friends to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
auction at oliabame.com slash channel slash auction.